Hi, I'm here today with Mark Searcy from McLean County High School. Uh, he's the wearer of many hats for us. Uh, he's a history teacher. He's on the site-based council. He's on the leadership team. And he's also our award-winning athletic director. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, I wanted to, um, interview him for this project and, uh, kind of get his perspective of how, uh, McLean County high has responded to the, uh, COVID-19 pandemic. So thanks for doing this today. No problem. All right. So first I want to get your perspective just as a classroom teacher you know, let's let's kind of go back to that week of March the 9th when uh, those conversations were beginning to be had about having to close down schools for two weeks. What was kind of going through your mind at that point in time? Well, I worried about the uh, students that we had that didn't have uh, Internet capabilities. Um how would we reach those children? How would they still get the content and information they needed to finish up the year and prepare them, you know, not only for next year, but, but many years to come. I mean, how would that, that loss of class time hurt them? And I, I guess I worried about that with all of them, but, uh, and then of course, you know, what am I going to do? Uh, how am I going to organize this classroom? Uh, what's the best way to uh, interact with the kids? What's the best way to communicate with parents and, and students? Um, fortunately for us, we had used NTI before, which helped, gave us a leg up on, on starting that process. Um, so for the most part, it, was, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was seamless for a lot of kids because in our school, we, we do utilize Google Classroom quite a bit. Also, our school, uh, we utilize Summit Learning, which I know you use. I, I do not. I'm just not one of those teachers. But students were already accustomed to online learning formats, which made it easier for us to make that transition. Um, and I think for the most part, we were, we were pretty successful in, uh, implementing that system. Um, you know, there were still some kids that didn't do all the work that they should have done, but I mean, <laughs> that's not much different than if we were in school anyway. I mean, <laughs> third kids just aren't going to do as much as we hope they would. Uh, but what was strange about it is. I know for me, I was probably interacting with all my students more than I would in a normal classroom setting. Because, I mean, on a normal day, you might not get to talk to every student. But during NTI, you know, I made contact with almost every kid every day I had them in class, either through email or phone or text or whatever. And the majority of them did a good job. The majority of them kept up with their work. Uh, they were asking the right questions. Um, and they were producing quality work for the most part. Uh, again, you know, there were some that hardly did anything, but, uh, some of that was 
you know, technology restrictions preventing those kids from doing what they needed to do. Some of it was just good old fashioned laziness. But um, again, that's a problem we deal with whether we're here in the building or not. Uh, but I thought that our district did a pretty good job of preparing those kids. I know before we left, uh, some of the kids that I realized did not have the internet, I was able to assign work, assign books to those students. And uh, most of them were able to get that in. But, you know, transportation is also an issue for some of those kids, getting the work back to the school. But I still feel like for the most part, we did a pretty good job of of uh, getting that, getting the work to the students and the students completing it in a timely manner. Okay, so so as things kind of went from two weeks in March to May the first to being out the rest of this school year, um, how did your approach kind of change to how you approach? NTI, how you approach the kids, did anything kind of change, get easier, get more difficult? Like, how did that change? The students kind of got accustomed to the way things were. Uh, Yeah, they would look for their emails in the morning. They would look for their work first thing, and usually they got it in on time. And if it was late, it may have been a day or two late, but they were still getting it completed. Uh, So my contacts with the students actually decreased over time as they got accustomed to the to the new framework um again some kids i was i was never able to get a hold of i tried you know email and phone calls and nothing i think they were they checked out um and you had some that waited to the last second to try to turn everything in. <laughs> so, I mean, it was a mixed bag. I'm not going to say it was a overwhelming success, but I thought uh, under the circumstances, the results weren't bad. Um, I know we were ahead of the game compared to other schools that had never done NTI. Uh, and uh, like I said, you know, I did see a drop off in the last two weeks. I felt like kids had kind of checked out and they need a little more motivation. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, when you don't see a kid every day or at all, and if their parents aren't pushing them to get it completed, it's, it can be tough. And it was tough with, with some students, but then it was a lot easier with others that, you know, grabbed the bull by the horn and took responsibility and and decided that they were going to make the most out of the situation. And I feel like the majority of the kids did that. Well, good. So let's kind of switch gears and talk about you on the SOP-based uh, uh, council. So how did those meetings kind of change? You, you know, what did – um, what kind of decisions did you guys have to make over that uh, time period that would have been different had we been in school and things had been normal? Uh, of course, we had to meet uh, virtual meetings and 
we had to look at graduation, how we were going to handle graduation. Uh, of course, this time of year, we looked at allocations for next year. A lot of the time during COVID, as far as site base goes, was uh, planning for next year, looking at budgets, how would the pandemic impact budgets. Um, we also, during that time, our principal uh, took another job, so we had to start thinking about who the principal would be next year. So we took some time planning with that and speaking with the superintendent over what's our best options going into the 2021 year concerning administration. Um, we had to look at allocations, uh, you know, what teachers would be here next year. What, would we lose any allocations? Would we gain any? And it pretty much stayed the same, but there's still a lot of budgeting questions that are going to come up because of COVID uh, and the different schedules that have been brought up have, have led to questioning with transportation uh, and how are we going to allocate money for transportation? How's McLean County going to make up for maybe shortfalls coming from the state? And a lot of it was just wrapping up the year. Like I said, uh, graduation was a hot topic in site base. How, how do we honor these graduates without having an in-person graduation, which a lot of districts had to deal with. I mean, we all did and, and districts handle it in different ways. I thought that we handled it pretty well. I was pretty involved with that. I know, um, they can ask me to organize two things. I don't know how I got so lucky to be picked for that, but we organized an, a, what was it? A video, graduation video at school where students would come in and we would videotape them receiving their diploma. They would then take their photo with a photographer we had at the school. But, you know, that was a tough, tough task because Every person that walked in the building, we had to take their temperature. We had to make sure they were in masks. We had to sanitize hands. We had to keep, you know, six feet of separation at all times. Uh, so that was difficult, but I think we did it fairly successful. Um, the video turned out pretty, pretty good. Huh? And we were lucky enough to have teachers assist with that and make sure that ran as smoothly as possible. And then last week we did the parade, a graduation parade, where all seniors drove through our local park, Meyer Creek Park, where each student was in their own vehicle, usually with their family. We had uh, cars parked in, in, the, in Meyer Creek Park at a certain distance, because we had to maintain social distancing throughout the parade. But I think that uh, most of the students appreciated that effort and we were doing the best we could. And we hope that we will still have a graduation for those students. But right now there are so many question marks um, that we don't have answers for. You know, we, we just, we're doing the best we can day to day. It's like most people and making the needed changes as they as they come and as the governor leads us and guides us down this 
got a rocky path of unknowns because you know every state's a little different but but we have to be willing to adapt and change and and roll with the punches on a lot of this stuff and it's hard to plan because you know you could come up with a plan this week and next week it could completely change and that's been the biggest challenge i think for administrators and uh, teachers is what's what's coming next week so and as far as back to site base i mean our meetings were pretty short uh, like i said most of it was dealing with allocations administration fillings and graduation so you brought up some things for next year about scheduling and uh transportation and things like that just kind of in your opinion um uh what do you think next year may look like for mclean county high school to start out with i mean i'm, I'm hoping that we start normally and it, it's another year but i know the governor asked that all schools come up with uh, I think three plans on what they would do. Uh, one proposal was starting school in July, which is not going to happen. Uh, one is just starting on time. One is starting, you know, after, what is it, Labor Day? I always screw up my holidays there. But the proposal that I think brings about the most questions is this idea of alternate days where you divide your population, your school population, and they come on alternate days. Um, and that creates some questions about funding, you know, trans transporting half your kids. Also your lunchroom, you know, uh, you're losing money um, because, you know, the state gives us so much money a day based on attendance your free and reduced lunch. I don't know how that will all impact the funding that we get. Because, you know, we're only feeding half the kids. We're only transporting half the kids every day. So that's that's tough, especially at a time when the state is losing tax revenue because of the shutdown of businesses. I mean, those tax dollars aren't coming in. I just wonder how much, and I don't know if that comes from the same key, but, the, you know, the sales tax money that we're losing right now, I'm sure, is is very high and with people out of work and people aren't spending money and businesses are closing down. Uh, so that, all that's going to have an impact on our, our tax revenue and how schools will be funded. And it may, it may have an impact for years to come. Probably will. I, I'm not an, you know, economic wizard, but uh, it's got to have some impact and, I hope schools are able to handle that. I hope we don't see a uh, loss of allocations and, and teachers because of because of all this. Um, but again, it's who knows what's going to happen. Uh, I, I'm hoping that we get back to normal as soon as we can. But it's so hard to understand sometimes what what the information is telling us from state to state, how testing is being done, you know, or numbers increasing just because more people, more states are testing. Are they truly increasing? Uh, 
and of course, you know, the way politicians have used this as a tool for their own benefit or support is disgusting. You know, you're talking about 100,000 people that are dead. And we're approaching, you know, numbers that 118,000, 120,000 people, I think, died in World War One. Yeah. <laughs> That's... Uh, but it's scary to think that this is reaching those type of numbers and people are calling it a hoax or trying to politicize it. And I, it, it, it bothers me that, you know, I mean, let's just be human beings and care about one another and, and try to do what's right for everybody. Instead of trying to make this a Republican or Democrat thing, I just, I don't try to get on a political spiel here, but if, if we just, do what's best for our kids and our elderly and the people in the state. And if people take it serious, I think it'll, we'll get to where we need to be a little quicker. But if we keep ignoring this or trying to downplay it or call it a hoax, then it's, I don't see any benefit of that. I don't understand that, that, that angle. But, you know, just, we need to be responsible. Yeah. That's the can only be, way out of this. I mean, I love I love our country, but sometimes some of its principles can breed a certain level of selfishness that uh, it doesn't. It's not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, after seeing the uh, uh, Ozarks, I've never over the weekend though. I mean. There were just, it looked like hundreds of people just in the pool, just oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. side by side. I'm like, man, we're going to be under quarantine forever. <laughs> it, it worries me. You know, it, it, that that attitude of freedom, freedom at all call. you know, no one tells me what to do. Uh, I mean, this, this refusal to wear masks is, I mean, what's the big deal? I, are you going to tell your surgeon next time they come in? Take that thing off. You're going to spread disease. As you chop my leg off, yeah, take that thing off. I mean, it's something that's been used for forever, and not forever, but for years and years. And now, all of a sudden, a mask is the dumbest thing you could ever wear. I, I just don't. I don't get it. I don't understand this mindset. Um, and then what they did to the governor over the weekend. I, Oh yeah, with uh, hanging his um, uh, effigy, that was well, just. I, I'm, I'm, and I should stay off social media, but I'm tired of being educated on the Constitution by kids that could barely pass civics class. You know? <laughs> I, I, it's a slap in the face, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I love some of these people. I love them, but they're they're just this extremist attitude is is not productive. It's not helping anything. Yeah, well, we'll see what uh, the Kentucky State Police do with all of that. The well, that's my friend. First Amendment right. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't get it. So, so you're also on the 
leadership team at McLean <laughs> County High. Yeah. Uh, to kind of switch gears a bit. Because <laughs> um, we could probably talk about this other thing all day. And I could take up your whole day with just going back and forth on all this stuff with the governor and mask. Okay. We can talk about that. But uh, uh, what kind of discussions have you all been having on the leadership team well, since March? You know, we really haven't met. Um, we we haven't done much, uh, to be honest with you. Of course, with Miss Howard leaving, a lot of the focus has been on uh, filling those administrative roles. We've been so busy in our own classrooms and dealing with, with uh, student work that uh, the, the leadership team kind of got put on the back burner um, over the last two months. But before we did leave, you know, we did talk about how to keep teachers involved and giving them guidance uh, during this time. But we haven't really done much. Uh, it's been mainly Mr. Nelson and Ms. Howard taking the reins there, and we all kind of took a back seat. Because we're not able to meet these, yeah. these uh, Google meets and Zoom meetings are are good and all, but I know a lot of our administrators have them all. You know, our superintendent has them all day long. Miss Howard's yeah. had so many. There hasn't been a lot of time, and that and I think that's something that's. And I, I don't know what the general public thinks, but. A lot of these teachers are working harder now, or were working harder during the pandemic than they ever have, because it's all day monitoring, answering questions, assisting kids, and for a lot of us, there wasn't a lot of time to do much else, and they were full days, and they were busy. So, yeah, the, the leadership team hasn't has been pretty inactive. Hopefully, next year that'll pick back up, and that they'll they'll keep the leadership team, because you know we did do some I thought some good things. Anytime you have a group of people with different ideas and those are being shared, and I think you come up with the best solution instead of just one person making all the decisions. Which, why well, I was supportive of that team. Obviously, I'm on it, but. You know, there were things that I would suggest that didn't happen. There were things that others suggested I was either for or against, but we were able to voice those concerns uh, openly. And I thought oftentimes it led to the best solution to our problem or what we were trying to accomplish. Um, it was a good experience. So you talked about Miss Howard leaving, going to, um, Owensboro High is their new dean of uh, instruction out there. And uh, uh, it was decided that Mr. Nelson would take on as interim principal for the coming year. Right. How was uh, that decision made? And was it made because of the pandemic kind of going forward or... Or do you know? Mr. Nelson was hired on interim basis. 
this coming year we will have there were three administrative roles jobs open the principal and both assistant principal jobs were open <laughs> which you hardly ever see all three open in one year mr nelson uh, has been with the school for two years he knows the teachers he knows the kids he's accustomed to the way things are he sees where improvements can be made he also sees where we should you know continue doing what we're doing the things that work so our superintendent mr burrow decided with facing three new administrators it was probably a good idea <laughs> to keep someone that has been here in one of those roles and he made the decision and the state allowed it to hire Barry on an interim basis for one year. He was a retired teacher. So he, there were some complications there a little bit, but they were able to get it passed. I think it's a good decision. I think, and like you were saying, the pandemic played a role in that because it, in times of transition and change, you need some sense of stability. And uh, Mr. Nelson brings that stability. He's been here. I think most of the teachers respect him. He's easy to work with. He does a good job. And so it was trying to uh, create stability in a time of instability. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, of course, he will then hire the assistants that he he sees fit. And I think he'll, he'll do a good job. But, yes, the – COVID did play a role in that, but another role was, again, the three administrative openings. Yeah. And I don't, that would have been a challenge. Yeah. Three new faces. <laughs> that would have been tough for a yeah. coming year. So let's talk about sports for a little bit. What so, <laughs> yeah, it's like we have no idea what those are anymore. Yeah. There's nothing. So, uh, so when we left off uh, in March, uh, baseball was just kind of getting going. Uh, track was. Um, so, so how is McLean County High kind of impacted with? We, well, you know, we also had softball too. We can't right. forget about that. Uh, so, how was McLean County kind of impacted with losing out on those spring sports? Well, um, financially, not really. I mean, those aren't money making sports. I'm not trying to downplay those sports. Those are, you know, baseball's probably my favorite sport, but coached it for years. Uh, more than anything, it just impacted the kids. They just didn't get the opportunity to play ball or run. And it's a shame because, you know, I know we had one boy that was on the verge. He's a senior. He was on the verge of breaking a lot of records here at the school. And he never got that opportunity. Uh, kid had been playing starting since he was in seventh grade one of the best players ever play out here. And he, he did not get a senior year, which is, you know, it's, it's, it was really tough. There was nothing we could do about it. I mean, we hated it. So and softball, you know, there was some 
just all those athletes that didn't get to have a senior year, especially was, was heartbreaking. And I, but what do you do? Um, some of them are going on to play college ball, so they'll still get to play. And some of them will never get to play again. But, and, and I still don't really know what the fall is going to look like as far as sports in summer. Uh, we're supposed to find out something. I'm hoping tomorrow, giving us a better idea of how we're going to move forward and uh, how we're going to when football can start, for example. Of course, that's the big question in volleyball and soccer. But the football coaches, you know, asking me all the time, I, <laughs> I don't know. I wish I had answers for him, but I just don't know. I could speculate and send stuff that they've mentioned, but there's nothing written. I mean, right now, July 1 is when we're hoping to get back. They may move that up. They may move it back. Uh, the idea of not having a football season or a shortened football season doesn't excite anyone. I mean, that's our community really rallies around our football team and it's a big part of our community. And we, it, it's also provides a lot of funding for our athletic programs, not just football, but you know, the money that comes in from football helps a lot of the other programs. So the idea of losing that money and, and losing that season is, it's, I wouldn't say devastating, but it, it really does hurt the program, the entire athletic program. And I also think, you know, sports, your athletes tend to be some of your best students. And athletics is a motivator to come to school, to get your grades up, to it, you learn hard work and teamwork and all those are lessons that will help you in the classroom and help you in life. So I I feel for Julian Tackett. He has a very tough job because he's probably going to make a lot of people mad, but, you know, he, he has to do what he has to do. He has to follow what the governor tells him. And like I said, they're supposed to have a big policy board meeting, I think, Thursday. So we're all hoping to have more answers by the end of this week and set up some type of schedule or start planning for the summer. Yeah. Cause you know, other States have already started planning and, and setting things in line. But it's like we talked earlier. If these numbers start spiking again, <laughs> yeah. And after reopening, because, you know, we don't really know the impact of reopening in some of these states yet. Like I mean, Kentucky, you know, we haven't been open long enough. And then the Memorial Day party circuit that went on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just afraid that numbers are going to spike and they're going to have to reevaluate a lot of things. I hope that doesn't happen. I mean, I'm not hoping this thing slows down. And I'm hearing good news about a vaccine. Yeah. We all know that that takes a while testing and FDA isn't the fastest moving organization, but I, I really hope that I love football. I want to play football and I want my soccer girls to play and my volleyball girls to play. And I just want those kids to have the opportunities that everybody before them's had. It's just unfortunate, but 
Again, it's a waiting game right now. Yeah, we just kind of have to wait and see kind of what happens here over the next few days, few weeks. And even if we come back, I mean, you know, if, if they're going to use the weight room, you're going to talk about right now that it's 10 kids at a time and they have to maintain social distancing and possibility of wearing a mask. I don't know if you heard any of that youth sports where they yeah. were expecting these kids six years old to be on the baseball field wearing masks and everybody in the crowd has to set up. I mean, I, yep. you know, I have a six-year-old and the idea of her out there playing with a mask on and I don't want to coach that team. I can tell you that. Did uh, did you hear about the uh, schedule for the University of uh, Arkansas about bringing kids back and all the cleaning and stuff that they would do for the weight room and all that? It's just intense for you know a D one school with the resources to be able to do that. So, I mean, you think about high schools that may not have that, and then youth sports that definitely won't. I mean, it's just. Yeah. It's just I've read some of it. But can you imagine having a football season with no crowd? I mean. Oh, I know. The, I mean, you know, when a running back breaks off for a big run and the crowd goes nuts or the quarterback throws a, you know, 40-yard touchdown and the crowd goes wild, you know. Yeah, it'll be. You know, you get that kind of extra sense, like, I got to do better. I got to do more, you know, instead of, I don't know. It's going to be strange. Yeah, it's going to be weird going forward. But again, I don't. I still don't really know what we're going to do. I've heard rumors, but I don't – I'm not taking much stock in them. I'm just waiting for – this is what we're going to do. I'm waiting for those guidelines to be clear, and uh, I'll abide by them. But I don't really like speculating. Yeah. I don't see any point in it. Because, you know, you could prepare ten different ways, and they all be wrong, and then you've wasted <laughs> – Well, I know that whatever comes down, the football coach will kind of get off your back a bit with calling you eight times a day. You know, have you heard anything? Have you heard anything? Because, and I understand he's anxious. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's lost out on, you know, I, I mean, football blocked out lost out on spring conditioning, spring training, uh, spring practice, you know. I mean, it's affected, you know, every athletic. I wonder we got. Without that weightlifting and conditioning, preparing your body for that, I wonder if injuries will go up. uh, Yeah. If kids aren't physically ready. And I don't know if they'll take that into account and push things back. I don't, I'm not sure, but it would have to have some impact on a kid if he's not physically ready, thrown in there. I think your injury risk would increase. Yep. 
Well, Mark, I appreciate your time today for letting me chat with you a bit and kind of getting your experiences and thoughts about the COVID-19 pandemic from a project here. I really appreciate it. No problem. I know that. I mean, some of these questions and that we all have, we don't really have answers for them yet. Yeah. So we're still yeah. waiting to see what happens and uh, it could change tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. It's been everything we've talked about so far. A bit of it's been, you know, your experience, but, but a bit of it's been just speculation from what we've heard so far, which isn't much. Yeah. So we just kind of have to wait and see. Yeah, man. All right. Well, thanks a lot. I really appreciate every, everything today. Hey, no problem.